Thanks for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. I get excited about what God does. I really do. Have you ever seen the hand of God work? Have you ever? God is a God is a prayer answering God. God's a mover. I heard that girl. Thank you. Thank I see your hand. I know who you are. I I could tell by your voice. Prayer warrior indeed. Now just let me share about Sis Jenny. Your son's going to die. Your son isn't going to make it. Terrible health. Terrible, terrible health. If he happened not to be here today or I'd ask him to stand as a living witness to prayer. No, he'll not. No, he's not going to die. I'm holding him before the throne of grace. And those that believed with her stood with her. One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. Can you imagine what a church body can put to flight? Devils of hell can't handle it. That son is alive today because of prayer, I promise you, because God moves in prayer. Uh, my sermon today is the importance of prayer. Uh-oh, it's got a second half. And our inefficiencies. We sometimes are inefficient in our prayer. Pastor, on 2.20, being dependent on prayer. 2.27, devoted to prayer. 3-7, del delivered prayer. 3-13, desperate prayer. And then today on the 20th, the importance of prayer. The Strong's Concordance, actually it's not the Strong's Concordance, it's the Strong's Concise Concordance. In other words, it has it all. There's over 540 references to prayer or a derivative of the word. Did you get that? So I think we could consider that a pretty important item, don't you think? Now, who would you consider to be our example in that? Jesus. Jesus was our example. And I and I, I want you to I want you to, to understand how important it is. So I brought two examples forward. And uh, and turn there if you would to the Gospel of Luke. I usually, because my Bible's tabbed, I usually go to John and come backwards. Uh, Luke chapter 6. And we're going to begin in verse 6. And it says, And it came to pass on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him whether he would heal on the Sabbath day that they might find an accusation against him. They were always trying to trap Jesus, always. When, when, the, when the, he'd put the Sadducees to silence and one of the Pharisees who was a lawyer tempted him saying, Master, which is the great commandment. You'll find that in Matthew chapter 22. But that's not where I want to go. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man, 
which had the withered hand, rise up and stand forth in the midst. In other words, get in the middle of us right here. And he arose and stood forth. Then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or to do evil? To save life or to destroy it? And looking round about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he did so. And his hand was restored whole as the other. Now, did you remember what it said? It said that his hand was withered. Now, here's what's important. They were filled with madness and, and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. They really wanted to kill him. Now, look at verse number 12. Now, when Jesus got through with all this, probably it had a real hard day, and it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. How long did he continue? All night. I got one more in reference to that. It's found in the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 14. Go there, please, if you have your Bible. If you don't have, could I encourage you? Now, there's nothing wrong with computers. Nothing wrong with that. I like the pages. I don't know why. I just, I, you know what? I had a, a fellow one time was walking by the house, and I happened to be out there, and I had a, a sign in my yard, which he didn't agree with. And he said, I'm not going to tell you what it was. I'll let you guess. He said, what's that? And I said, I'll tell you what that is. That's old school. He didn't get it. I still believe that you treat people right. I still believe that you honor your father and your mother. I still believe a man should work if he's going to eat. I still believe that you treat women respectfully. I think you should open the door for a woman. I think when you pass them, and I often do it, I get some real weird looks when I go to Walmart or someplace early in the morning. I'll pass somebody and I'll say good morning, men and women, and they look at me like I've kind of got wacko. You know what I'm saying? That's old school. We were taught to respect our elders, whether we knew them or not. And so in this, look here what takes place. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 23 through 25. And when he had sent the multitude away, now let me stop real quick. I needed to verify this before. Jesus had just fed 5,000 men plus the women and children that were there. He'd had a long day. I, I don't know if you realize it or not, but if you've never preached, when you preach all day, it wears you out. Truthfully, you, it, it wears you out. So he'd had a pretty rough day. It says he went up to a mountain apart to pray by himself. When the evening was come, he was there alone. And he had sent his apostles away too. He said, go get in the boat and go to the other side. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Now, the fourth watch is simply this. The Romans' night watch was from 6 to 9, 9 to 12, second third one was from 12 to 3. The fourth one was from 3 to 6. So Jesus came in the fourth watch, 3 to 6 in the morning. 
lay a hold. Why? Because he prayed all night. I think it's just so important. And then it says, and when the, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were troubled, saying, you know, I want to ask you, do you think you'd have enough faith to try it? There weren't any stones out there that he was walking on. He was walking on the water. Saying, it is a spirit, and they cried out with fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, Be of good cheer, for it is I, be not afraid. And it says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. Now I tell you, we, we oftentimes hammer Peter pretty good. I tell you, he was the only one who got out of the boat. And, and, and that took faith on his part. Now oftentimes what happens to us? Kind of the same thing. We, have a, we get all built up and we're going along real good and the devil will throw us a curve in there and we begin to sink instead of standing strong on the word. Now, I've got a reason for bringing all this up. Uh, I have a recliner. I'm not, I'm not promoting a brand name, but it's a Lazy Boy. And I've got to tell you, when I bought that Lazy Boy, I tried every full-size rocker recliner in the store. And that one fit my albedoozy real good. And so, now looky here. Now I have to confess to you, sometimes I pray from that chair. I was kidding one of the young ladies here. I looked at her jeans and I said, now you remember this when I get to preaching. She didn't have any holes in them. Because most of the time, those holes in those jeans don't come from kneeling in prayer. But here's my point. We like the comfort. We don't want to be pushed out. We don't want to have to endure any suffering. We don't want, that's just, that's just nature. That's our common nature. That's the way we are. I am. Are you not? Or maybe you're different. Praise God if you are. But sometimes... Sometimes what we have to do is we have to suffer just a little. We have to allow God to put a little hurt on us so we can appreciate things. Have you ever been sick and God delivered you out of it? I've been, I've been sick a long time. Back in 1965, I spent seven weeks in the hospital and should have died, just to be honest. You know why he didn't? Because he knew one day that there would be a place called Lebanon, Tennessee, that I would touch people's lives and bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus. I'm telling you. You know, we often don't recognize our purpose in life. We don't understand what God's got in store for us. Matter of fact, when, when, uh, uh, when I was in Shelbyville, Willene and I, I asked the Lord one day, I said, Lord, what do you have for me to do? You know, I, I, I want to do something. And he answered me. Can I tell you what he said? What I have for you to do, you're not ready for yet. And I wasn't. Because when he finally told me what he wanted me to do, I told him I couldn't do that. And for some of you, you know what it is. I was called into the jail. But listen to what the Lord said. And this applies to you. This is what he said. But Leonard, just like this is just how he said it. I can... I can still hear his voice. But Leonard, I'll be with you. 
when the Lord says he'll be with you, you better believe there's power in that because God, God is, he is a powerful and an awesome God. But I want to go back. I want to go back because see, oftentimes what we do is, is we want to be in, in, in our leisure and pray. And so I, I've, I've asked a few questions. I have. Uh, how long has it been since you knelt to pray? How long has it been since you prostrated yourself on the floor to pray? How long has it been since you seriously prayed? Don't answer me. This is for you to answer. This is between you and the Lord. I'm just encouraging you. Do you think maybe there might be some list that you might want to make that would help you in improving your prayer life? Why is it important? I'll tell you how important it is. God only acts on your prayers. He can act on other people's prayers, but he likes to act on your prayers. Now, sometimes, guess what? You know how Leonard got saved? I'll tell you exactly how Leonard got saved. Somebody was praying for me. I don't have a clue who it was. Somebody was praying for Leonard. And the Lord allowed me. You know what he does sometimes? Uh, be mindful of this. You know, God brings, or he doesn't bring it, he allows it. God allows tragedy in your life. He'll let the devil of hell mow you down so that you will turn to him and seek him and humble yourself and pray. That you'll ask the God of mercy and truth to help you. Seriously. Uh, you know, there's, there's something that's kind of neat about me. These things that I tell you, I've learned most of these things through personal experience. Now, I, I didn't do this in other service, but I need to do it here. I want to show you something. You see this right here? That is called fat. Anybody got any? Well, would you consider me heavy? I can tell you what I weigh. I weigh 230 pounds. Can you picture me at 180? Can you? Well, at that time, I weighed 235, and I ended up at 185. You could feel the very bones in my body because they stuck out. Living a life of sin, not living for the Lord. I think maybe I might be talking to somebody. Let the Lord God Almighty help you. But I want to I want to go back. What do we do? We we can change. That's the that's the beautiful part about how God works. What God'll do is this. He'll help you to change. He'll make those situations in your life that seem so hard and unbearable that you can bear them. You know, most women uh, outlive their husbands. That's just a fact. except me and Willing. You know why? I asked God not to allow that to happen so she wouldn't have to go through the suffering of burying me. Now, she's not in here. She's praying right now. And I just believe God's going to answer that prayer. You know why? He's a prayer answering God. Now, wait a minute. Wait. I use this in the jail often, and I'll tell you why I use it, because it's true. You living in open sin and Jesus Christ is not your Lord and Savior, why don't you go pray to that door and expect it to answer you? 
That sounds hard, doesn't it? Well, let me ask you something. You're sitting at the kitchen table. Uh, it's a beautiful spring morning. The temperature's up. You got the, the door open. The, the screen door is on the door. And this little boy who you've never seen before walks right in front of the kitchen table, goes over to the refrigerator and grabs the door and he can't quite get it open. And you go, hey, what are you doing? Sonny, come here, come here, come here. Now do this. And I'll see if I can help you. But your boy walks over to that refrigerator door and he's tugging on it. And what do you say? Oh, son, now wait just a minute. Would you let daddy help you? What did you want, milk? Or did you, did you want orange juice? What's the difference? He belongs to the family. Are you a child of the family of God? If you're not one, you need to be one so that God can help you in your needs as you cry out to him. And so as we look at that, and that's not being mean, it's being truthful. You know what? One of the worst things that people can do from the pulpit is lie to you. They don't come out and say this, that, and it's a lie. What they is, they just don't tell you the whole truth. Have you ever done this? I've done this. You know, I did so and so and so. I made it sound like it wasn't too bad when really I was really bad. I covered it up and made it sound so good. God don't like that. What he likes for us to do is be honest. Say nothing at all or tell the truth. I want to go back, see the comforts of life. We don't want to kneel. We don't want to prostrate ourselves. We don't want to do these things. Why? Because they're very uncomfortable. I want to ask you something. How uncomfortable do you think Jesus was when he was hanging on the cross and the high priest walked by and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Well, I'll tell you what I believe. Jesus looked past that high priest. He looked past the Roman soldier. He was looking at you. Father, forgive Leonard because he really don't know what he's doing. I think most of us could fit into that. We could put our names in there. God is so good. He is so good. I get a touch of the Holy Ghost and my nose will run ablaze. It just does. Now there's a now listen. I want to I go through one of Jesus' prayers for you, and that's found in the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter number 17. John, chapter number 17. Now, here's, here's my reasoning behind this right here. Sometimes we need to listen to what somebody says. And so, in, in this case, and I'm going to explain that just a little bit, we're going to begin in verse 20 of chapter 17. says, let's see, did I say I'll tell you right, 17, 20 through 26, neither, and I underline this in my Bible, and I'm going to tell you why, neither pray I for these alone, he's talking about his apostles, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. I want to ask you, who do you believe on? Are you reading the Bible? Have you, have you been reading in the, in the book of Corinthians, the book of Galatians, the book of Ephesians, uh, uh, Thessalonians? Paul wrote that stuff. And Jesus is telling you 
not only for these that they're hearing and they're listening to, are you, are you reading the book of Matthew? Are, are you reading Peter in the back and, and John and, and 1 John? Are you reading those? Now look at what he said. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. We're believing on, on what was written to us by those that were children of the living God, wanting us to develop in, in, the, in the passion of Christ, that they all may be one. I'm just such a believer in this. I'm such a believer. Why? You know, I, I think one of the things that, that has kept Jesus from coming, I think there's two things. The church isn't united and we're not one. We're not one in Christ. As thou, Father, art in me, I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And I believe there's a great revival that Jesus is one. He's one to uh, row crop the earth. That's a farmer technology. He's going to row crop the earth and get everything out of it he can get. And the glory which thou, which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me. Be with me where I am. Oh, glory to God. Just think, Jesus is praying that you'd be with him in heaven. Can you lay a hold? That they, he's talking to his apostles, but that passes on. That they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Oh, righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. Jesus over and over informed the apostles that everything that God had showed him, he showed them. Everything that the Father had told him, he told them. Now look at verse 26. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them and I in thee. And I wrote a, a little line on that right there. I want to read it to you. This is what I wrote. Jesus declaring unto them his Father, and asking the Father, the Father's love that Jesus had would be in them and Jesus in them. Now, I want to ask you, how can that be? I want to ask you, are you a child of the living God? If you're a child of the living God, then the Spirit of God is in here. That which he prayed right there is already taking place. And so what we do is, is we walk in the love of the Spirit. Uh, one of my... I'm glad sometimes when Willie don't hear me preach because I like to use her. You know, I asked for a godly woman. Prayer works. Don't you think for one minute it don't? Prayer works. I was remember me telling you about uh, about how much I weighed. You know why that was? Because I was living in sin and didn't know how to get out. Nobody told me about uh, Romans ten. 9 and 10. Nobody told me about the, the epistle of John where he talks about the great love of Jesus and how he wished for us to have salvation and how easy it was for us to obtain it. I didn't know that stuff. 
I knew about the Holy Ghost, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen? Uh, if you don't know what that is, that's the sign of the cross that the Catholics make when they pray. I'd been in the Catholic Church 40-something years. I studied four and a half years to be an ordained deacon in the Catholic Church. Most of you don't know what that is. I could do everything that a priest could do except consecrate the host and hear confessions. I could marry you, bury you, baptize you. I could do anything in the church except those two items. And you want to know what happened? When I was so grieved and didn't know what to do, they couldn't help me. But a man by the name of Billy Jones, the pastor of First Assembly of God in Clarksville, Tennessee, and a man by the name of Jimmy Swaggart knew how to help me. He knew what to do. Both of them knew what to do because they were so gracious as to teach me. You know, since this is the third service, would it be permissible for me to go just a little over? You know, listen, listen. How much hurt does a person have to carry that you can't eat and you can't sleep? How much grief has to go through a body before that they'll allow the Lord Almighty to touch them and, and to come to a saving knowledge of the truth. How much? When you learn about the goodness of the master. This actually happened to me. I share these things. Some of you don't know me. But I want to share this with you. I have five children, and natural children, and two stepdaughters. And I, and I have to tell you, my middle daughter, natural daughter, loved her daddy. I'm just going to tell you. I rocked her till her feet drugged the floor, and that's, not, that's no joke. To this day, you know what she told me? If she'd have taken a gun and shot me, it wouldn't have been any more painful. She said, Dad, I don't know you. I wanted to just burst out weeping. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You know why she don't know you, Leonard? You're not the man you used to be. You're a changed man. You're a godly man. You're not a worldly man any longer. And I looked her right in the eye. This is the truth. I looked her right in the eye and smiled. Boy, this was hard because I was still grieving inside from the words. I looked her right in the eye and I smiled great big. And this is what I said. Daughter, I'm so pleased because I'm not the man you used to know. The master can touch you. When he puts his hand upon you, there's no getting away. It's just not. Now listen, there's one other thing. I've got more here, but there's one other thing I need to cover, and this is really important. Uh, there's a couple things, but I'm going to make this quick. I want to ask you, how many hours a week are you watching television? How many hours a week are you on the computer? Things that are insignificant in reference to the will of Almighty God. I'm not talking about watching a godly program. I'm not talking about reading a godly book. I'm talking about I'm guilty. You know what? If I'm all stressed out, one of the, one of the things that gets me over that faster than anything, I go to the computer and play card games. Because if you're going to beat that card game, you've got to concentrate or you won't beat it. But I'll tell you what I really ought to do. I ought to go in my prayer closet. I ought to wrap up in my prayer shawl. And I ought to fall at the feet of the living God and ask for strength who is able to do above and beyond what you can even think or imagine. Now, on to faith. 
How do the faith live? The just live by faith. We come to the Lord in truth and in faith. We have to. I know he gets tired of turning it down up there, but I have to tell you, when the Holy Ghost gets on me, I have to blow my nose. I used to fuss at God. I did. I fussed at him. I said, Father, I don't understand why you do this to me. I really don't understand why you do it to me. And, and truthfully, I did that. And then I repented because that's a blessing. When the Holy Spirit touches you, it is a blessing. I was being blessed and fussing at God over it. I repented of that. I received that, Father. But I want you to understand, we come to God in, 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 uh, in truth and in faith. What is truth? I got it in my hand. When you pray, why don't you try praying the word? Father, your word says, you sick? Psalms 107.20 says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Why don't, we, why don't we use the word of God and bring it before him? You know what happens when you do that? Are you a child of the living God? You obligate God to fulfill it. And he's not sitting back there saying, oh, oh my, what am I going to do now? No, it says in, in uh, Numbers 23, 19, am I a man that I should lie, the son of a man that I should repent? If I have not said, will I not do it, saith the Lord? I think I'm right on that scripture, number of it. God doesn't, he cannot lie. I'll tell you something else he cannot do. He cannot override your free will. If you decide that you want to sin, he's going to let you sin. You decide you want to live in misery, he's going to let you live in misery. You decide that you're going to turn from sin. Now looky here. See, I was taught as a Catholic, you go into the confessional. Father, I have sinned. It's been three weeks since I made my last confession and you babble off all this stuff, and most of the time you're, you're, you're causing it to be light because you don't really want him to know the truth. And he says, now you pray three Our Fathers and three Hail Marys and, and, and don't sin anymore. That don't get it. I, listen, I'm going, you know what? You know why that don't get it? He, what did Jesus say? Repent and be baptized. What's repentance? Boo-hoo, boo-hoo. No, that's sorrow. Repentance is when we walk the way of sin. And we don't do that anymore. I don't do the things I used to do before I met Willing. I don't do those things anymore. I have what? Repented. And God honors that. He strengthens us. He helps us in our, in, in our life. The faith is so important. What is faith? Hebrews 11, 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know, I told you, maybe I didn't tell you, maybe one of the other but I prayed for Willene. I prayed for her. I didn't pray for a, a woman by the name of Willene. This is what I prayed. God, would you send me a godly woman? Help me with somebody. You know what Willene did right after we were married? Leonard, a godly man don't talk like that. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I wanted to go. You know, I'm, I'm just being honest. But you know what it is? I receive that. I don't say those words anymore. Now that was answered prayer. We are saved through faith, Ephesians 2.8. The shield of faith in Ephesians 6.16. The shield of faith, what does it do? It catches all the fiery darts of the enemy. Imagine a shield. 
the, the, the soldiers used them. They would defend off, they could even defend off a spear because those shields were made out of tough stuff. And the arrows wouldn't penetrate it, even a crossbow. Now, now, they didn't have crossbows like we got today, let me tell you. But, but here's, my, here's my point in that. What are the fiery darts? All the temptations of the enemy. What will faith do? That, that faith, that shield of faith, that shield of faith will ward off all of those things that the devil brings against us. The faith has saved thee, Luke 7, 50. Thy faith has saved thee. What do we do? We, we, we confess with our mouth. Could I just take a moment and ask you, are you a saved person? Are you backslid? Have you, have you uh, uh, gotten the Lord in your life? Oh, hmm. One of my favorite scriptures is this one. I've got a lot of favorites. Book of Revelations, chapter three, verse number five. He who overcometh, Jesus speaking, he who overcometh, I will clothe in white raiment and I will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will profess him before my father and before his angels. We need to be mindful of the word of the Lord. Can I encourage you? It's so easy. It's almost too easy. You know, uh, if we had to uh, walk 10 miles backwards, I mean something really serious. We confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart. What? Jesus, I receive what you did, Jesus. Have you ever done that? Let's take a moment. If you're, if you're a person who's, who doesn't have Jesus in you, maybe, now look here, can I, can I tell you how important this is? How do you think a person like me ever got salvation? Now, I, I was saved by Jimmy Swaggart on the television. But when the, when the pastor at First Assembly in Clarksville, by the way, that was a huge church. It was over 2,000 people. How, when he gave that invitation and I had that umption to go down, Lord Cassius Clay would have had his hands full if he had tried to stop me. I meant to get to the altar. Why? I wanted to before my church family, I wanted them to know that Leonard was saved. You deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father, Jesus said. So I continue. If you're not saved, I'm going to say a prayer. Or maybe you're backslid. I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to say it slow so you can pray it with me. Father, I come to you today and I'm asking you, God, to save me. I am a sinner. I wish for the blood of Jesus to cover all my unrighteousness. And I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. According to the scriptures, I have now made a profession of faith and I receive right now my salvation in Jesus' name. Should you have prayed that prayer and meant it from your heart and you never prayed it before or you did it as a prayer renewal, would you be so gracious as to raise your hand? Anyone?
All right, I continue. The just live by faith according to Hebrews 2, 4. Purifying our hearts by faith, Acts 15, 9. We talked about the shield of faith and the assurance of faith in Hebrews 10, 22. We come to the Lord in faith and in truth. Now I want to do one more thing. I close with that. If you would be so gracious as to allow Leonard, I have to tell you, one of my gifts is a gift of prayer. I love to pray. I love to pray. You want to know why? God hears my cry. My God hears the cries of his servant. I, don't, I can't tell you how many prayers I've had answered. Did you know that I had four broken bones in my neck and never had surgery and never had any treatment? Did you know that the doctor came to me and he said, I don't understand it. You have two main arteries in your heart and you're not choked up 100% and you're not dead because you have two brand new ones right alongside of it. When the doctor said, I've done all for your knees that I can possibly do, there's nothing else left to be done for you, Leonard. It is what it is. And when I went up to pray for other people, my God healed them. I've been walking ladders, climbing mountains for the last 30 plus years on them same knees that the doctor said he'd done all he could do. But my God, my Savior, the one that is able to do above and beyond what you can even think or imagine, my God. I can't tell you how many sicknesses and things that he has brought me through. Even when I was a heathen, he allowed me to be saved so that I might touch others. He didn't save me so that I could sit and be comfortable in my lazy boy. He saved me so that I might touch other people's lives. And amen. Thank you, brother. Because, see, he's a soul winner too. And it's so wonderful. It just is. Now I'm going to pray. Father God, could I thank you? You know what I want to thank you for? These precious people. You know why, Lord? I consider them part of my family, and Leonard loves them. That's just an absolute truth. I may not know their name. They may have been here. This may be the first time. They may have come in here before, and I didn't see them. It doesn't matter. If they're in this building, Leonard loves them. And you know what's wonderful about that, Father God? You love them too. And you know all the sin they've ever committed. They may be sins they've forgotten all about. You haven't forgotten. You know what they are. But when we come and humble ourselves before the throne of grace, matter of fact, your word tells us in 1 Corinthians 11, it says, if we will judge ourselves, you shall not be judged. Oh, hallelujah. Help us to be mindful of the wickedness of our life, Lord God, and forgive us of it, O precious mind. Then, Heavenly Father, help us to be prayer warriors. Help us to get on those knees. Help us to put a hole in those jeans because of where we are. Help us, O precious and mighty God, to stand in truth and in faith. Thy word is truth, O precious and mighty God. And that faith, you've given every man a measure of faith. Let us grow it, as it tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Help us, O precious and mighty God, that we'll walk in the love of Jesus that Jesus' love will shine in our eyes, that they will press us mighty God. When they look upon us, they'll not just see this physical body. They'll see something that they never saw before. They'll see the love and the presence of the living God. Let your Holy Spirit shine in us, Lord. Let us be prayer warriors. Let us be those that will stand in the gap for others. Lord God, somebody was standing in the gap for me. I'd have never made it without it, Lord. Help us. Help us. 
especially our young people. Father, I get so concerned about our young people. The world is snatching them up left and right, left and right, Lord God, left and right. Dope, alcohol, illicit sex, pornography, Lord God. The, 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 so easy to steal. You can walk in a store now and pick something up and they won't even stop you. They'll just let you walk out the door. Father God, what's happening? I pray, oh precious and wonderful Lord, for these that I love. And I include my own personal physical family in that. That Father God, you will show yourself merciful. That we, oh precious and mighty God, will be children of the light and not children of the darkness. Let love reign in this place. Let the peace of the living God be in this place. Help us, O precious and mighty God, to walk in your way, to truly love one another. Let no ill word come from us. I, I need it, Lord. I really need that. Father God, I pray for myself in that. Everyone in this building, that includes me. Touch their lives. Holy Spirit, invade us. Just invade us, Lord. Help us to be children, O precious mighty God, that will lean upon you. Come all of ye that are heavy laden and learn of me, saith the Lord, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that in due time he may exalt you, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. All the trial and tribulation of this world we're not meant to carry, Lord. You made a way for us to get out from under it. Help us to use it. Help us to be mindful of the great love wherewith you loved us. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus spoke those words to his apostles. I think he also speaks them to us. So let us be prayer warriors. Let us stand in the gap Father God, for those like Leonard in 1984 uh, and 85 that couldn't stand on his own, that somebody would stand in the gap, Lord God, for those individuals who are suffering and hurting because of all of the pain in their lives, Lord. And we give you the praise and the glory. Now, Father, I love what Jesus said. He was so wonderful. He spoke it in, in John 16, 24. The first part of that verse says, In that day you will ask me nothing. Ask the Father, Father anything in my name, he will give it you. I want to go to the second part of that verse. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask that your joy may be full. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, I am bold. I come to the throne of the living God. I don't come, Father God, in the name of Leonard. I don't come in the name uh, of Pastor Jim Kubik. I don't come in the name of some mighty uh, a judge or even the president or anybody else. I come in the name that's above every name. It's the name of the master. Father, I bring this prayer to the throne of the living God, and I ask that you hear my prayer because I bring it to you in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.